Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. What's up, Confluencers? Happy New Year. I hope all is well in your world and your year is off to a great start. We've entered a new year and a new decade. Can't forget about that. God is faithful and he has allowed us to enter into another chapter, chapter 2020. That means that you have all the reasons to live your life to the fullest. Number 20 is also a symbol of your positive attitude and optimism. It can also symbolize your ability for teamwork and your responsibility. So with that being said, what is your responsibility for this year? What is your vision for this year and this decade? Seeing is believing. Therefore, I want to manifest my life in the greatest ways possible. I only want the best for me, for Gavin, for the person I love, for my mama, for, listen, because 2019 knocked me on my ass. Yes, it did. A whole lot of days. But it ain't about how I stay down there. It's about how I picked myself up and dusted myself off. So I'm seeing some greater things in this new decade. I envision some major changes happening in the next 10 years. Major. So what about you? But here's the big secret to anything or anyone that is successful. You got to start. You got to start somewhere. So guess what, Confluences? Let's get started. Ha <laughs> ha. Yes, as you can see, listen, I don't know. I took a dose of life and it just kind of pepped me back up. Um, but I am back. I'm happy to be back. As you can see, I am full of, you know, mucus and everything else, but I couldn't put off this podcast any longer. And it's just the first week and a lot has happened. I mean, Megan and Harry took a step back from their royal duties. Afro Sheen, y'all, Afro Sheen from the eighties is back. Bootsy Badass. He is wearing a Kappa sweatshirt in public. And he's not even a Kappa. And like, if you're not Greek, I know you don't understand. People be like, it's just a shirt. No, it's not just a shirt. It's about a sacrifice. And if you did not go through the process, you won't understand. You know how they say, trust the process. Listen to every person that's Greek. It don't matter if you're a part of the divine nine. Hey, you're not part of that process. We trusted it. So that's why we can wear the letters. And Trump is out here blaming Obama for the Iran missile attack. And he seeks to impose more economic sanctions on Iran. So I can tell that 2020 is going to be an event for year. I am straight off the plane from Vegas. I spent my new year there alone. 
I needed to recharge. I needed to plug up and I needed a change of scenery. Let me be honest here. I am still dealing with some major losses from 2019, but I pulled myself together, got on that first flight out of Houston, Texas on January the 1st and enjoyed myself in Sin City. I shopped till I dropped at the Fashion Show Mall. Gosh, I love that mall. Like, love. I got a few new sequin outfits that I can't wait to wear. Yes, found a cute little one-shoulder red hot sequin number in Nordstrom's. For guess what, y'all? $17. Yes. Nobody does sequins like Vegas. I also went on a 420 tour on an Indian reservation. Listen, sitting bull and Tom Tom. Mm. They had a tasting room on the premises. Yo, talk about amaze how they don't allow the government to control them. I did a live jam session with Rasana Money and Ronnie Foster, the Ronnie Foster, and dibbled and dabbled in a little gambling. And I know you're probably wondering why Vegas, because Granny loved Vegas. That was her go-to spot. Nobody knew where she was. She would go, because, you know, she was such a devout Christian. And she probably turned it over in her grave because I'm telling a secret. But that lady loved Vegas. And so I wanted to go there in the spirit of Granny. But as I sat in the smoke-filled casino, it dawned on me that slot machines and life have a lot of similarities. They really do. Here's my theory. Slot machines feature creative, trendy themes, bright colors, flashing lights, flashing lights, 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 boom, boom. You know what I mean? Like flashing lights and a combination of sights and sounds designed to lure us in. We are attracted regardless of what we say, to the bells, buttons, and whistles. That's why our cars are fully loaded. That's why our houses are big as shit. And that's why our closets are overflowing with things. We are attracted to the attractive. And it's like a hook and we are a fish. And the next thing you know, you are sitting in a chair, pulling on the arm, <laughs> hitting the button. Betting all on the lines. And as I sat there, I unpacked this comparison in my mind. When we talk about slot machines and casinos, the word gamble comes to mind. So, is life a gamble? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say a resounding yes. There is risk involved in every step you take in life. Be it the connections you make, the friends you take, the spouse you choose, or the job or career you decide upon. It is in your gut feeling and the intuition that helps you decide either I'm going to go for it or either I'm going to step away from it. And if I go for it, I'm going to risk it all. Nobody can deny that life brings us many opportunities. But the rate of success you get out of any opportunity depends on a lot of factors like the hard work, 
resources, connection, and of course, God's favor. Like, I got to stop saying lucky. I'm too old to say lucky. So I'm going to say God's favor, right? You cannot eliminate the factor of risk involved. Another thought that comes to mind is that life is full of wins and losses. It is full of hope, expectation, and anticipation. However, success is not guaranteed. But then again, neither is failure. Every moment, our time in the casino of life is ticking away. Notice there are no windows or clocks posted in a casino because they don't want you to pay attention to the time. But whether we like it or not, we are moving a step closer to the grave. You can take a calculated risk where the probability of you succeeding seems higher. But guess what? You have to make a decision to go balls to the wall or go home. It's all a risk. You have to ask yourself, is it worth it? And is it worth it, y'all? Confluencers, is it worth it? And I'm telling you, 2020, I got to make some big ballsy moves. And I know it got to be worth it. But this also happened while I was in Vegas. I attended this event called the Vinyl Say with Rasan Amani featuring Ronnie Foster. Amazing. Many of you don't know who Ronnie Foster is, but he is truly a legend. He is a man behind the lyrics, behind the instruments. He is an American funk and soul jazz organist and record producer. His albums recorded for Blue Note Records in the 1970s have gained him a cult following after the emergence of acid jazz. Rappers sample his tracks, particularly A Tribe Called Quest. He's played for people like Roberta Flack, Stevie Wonder, and Smokey Robinson. And the protege behind this event, Rasar Amani, he is the MC of the Leaks Band out of Las Vegas. He is on to a pretty dope concept. Let's go and listen to his interview with Ronnie Foster before the jam session. Okay, what's the name of the song? Uh... Okay, okay. okay. No, that much I got it. Yeah, no, it, it, it proved yourself. That's all right. All right. Yeah. He did it with uh, Freeway, which was a different version. Oh, yeah. And then he did his own thing. And that, if you haven't heard that, I mean, he's talking the real boy. Yeah, he's killing it on that. He's talking about his family on talking about the family, people on the street, you know, I mean, the, you know, the drug addicts, all that, you know, how we should be helping. You know what I mean? So yeah, that that yeah, that boy sings the butt off. Oh, he does. <laughs> like I remember, I had like a VH1 Soul, and that's where I see a bunch of videos. MTV wasn't playing, and uh, I saw that video. Right. You know, it was used for uh, Rockefeller, I believe, for Paid in Full, the soundtrack to that. And I didn't know, but they didn't list who it was. Right. They would just throw the video on. So for long, I was like, who's this dude? Who's singing all right? But I didn't know about Mystic Brew. I didn't recognize the sample actually until I like started talk, talking to you and seeing how many times it's been sampled. And um, 
it just tripped me out that something once again something I grew up on comes back to you. It's kind of a, it's kind of a trip, you know. Um, we could talk on so many things. What I want to do differently is I want to offer the opportunity for people to speak to you and ask questions. I'm sure, we got, we got some real. I'm telling you, Ronnie, it has never been this packed. <laughs> this this, this is straight up. Like, this is a special night. So, you know, make sure y'all guys keep it packed because this is the man. Before we open it up to, to y'all, um, you have a, a million stories, and they're all amazing. Uh, some things, you know, maybe I shouldn't say, so I'll be careful, I'll dance around it. But, You'll remind me of something. yeah, let me just, just say a few names, and if you could just tell me what they mean to you. Uh, like I said, George Benson, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. Oh, I'll yeah. just, I'll let's just. start with MJ. Okay, MJ. Okay, let's start with MJ. What is, what is MJ? Okay, so, uh, we were in London. Uh, I was with George Benson at the time, and uh, we pulled up to the hotel, and it was like all these people out with signs and stuff. We said, what the hell's going on? And the Jacksons were uh, in town, and they were staying at the same hotel. So, anyway, some way, I ran into Michael and Randy, the younger brother. Oh, hey, you know, big fan of so on and so forth, and Randy said, oh, you play keyboard? He said, yeah, man, you gotta teach me something. And anyway, so we started hanging out. Um, if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see some pictures of me with uh, Bubbles and, <laughs> and MJ. But he said, you know, he says, oh, Ronnie, when you come back, you know, when you get back to LA, uh, we wanna invite you out to the house, you know, and I said, okay, you know, so I called him. So <clears throat> we walk around the property and they had uh, these guard dogs. And these guard dogs were kept in cyclone fence cages. And this is how crazy Michael was. As long as he knows you, he's cool. He's not shy. Uh, so he says, Ronnie, watch this. So we walk up to the cage and he goes, hey, butcher, 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 butcher. And the dogs, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then all of a sudden Michael goes, like that. And the dog is trained anything negative. He flips the switch, right? And then, and then Michael goes back. He's like, isn't that good? Isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, um, we wrote a, a, well, he heard a song that I wrote, and he said, hey, man, I want to put lyrics to that. And uh, we were over at my place uh, in L.A., and he saw a picture of my then-girlfriend. She used to be a model. Uh, and he said, Michael was very, was very shy. So um, when we cut this track, um, of course she wanted to come. So I put her way down at the other end of the console. <laughs> and Michael comes in. I said, hey, Mike. I said, um, you know that girl you said was too pretty for me? I said, oh, I mean, there she is. I said, that's Lenny. He says, hi. <laughs> and he never looked at her again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was good. I was good. Yeah, remember a good time. <laughs> oh, man, Michael, and you said something about the sunglasses or something? You had some shades or something with the... I I have pictures. This is funny. It's time to start tricking stuff again. Um, 
So when we were in the hotel, you know, you had those big white bathrobes in the, the big hotels, you know how it was. So Randy and Michael would come down to the room. We were all sitting in the bathroom, right? And I had a thing called the Bullworker. I don't know if anybody knew about this. It was an isometric exercise machine I used to carry on the road with me to exercise. So I said, oh, you guys want to try it? And I've got pictures. I, I'm still trying to find it where Michael and Randy are trying to <laughs> and they couldn't. But Michael took a picture um, with my hat and my glasses on clowning. You know, so it's just, you know, just fun stuff. You know, we're having fun. And he came to the show, and uh, then I ended up playing on uh, Can You Feel It, you know, with the, with the Jackson. So that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I mean, we could go. And just to be clear, this man did a song with Michael Jackson in the Thriller era, correct? That's oh, okay. oh yeah. So it's called uh, Sunset Driver. It was never released because it was supposed to go on Thriller, then it was supposed to go on Bad, and then that's when him and Q got into it. Yeah. So changed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So one more time, what's the title of that song with Michael? Uh, Sunset Driver. Sunset Driver. So yeah, you'll so find it. On it. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Looked at us. So I mean, we're gonna. Um, we got, we got a few more minutes, but uh, we got more than a few more minutes. But I mean, in this particular segment, I'd like to talk about a gentleman that you will refer to simply as Steve. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Steve's my brother. By the way, just so you guys know, I just talked to him a few days ago. Uh, his transplant went great. And he's great. So here's the thing. Big, big fan of Stevie. Uh, the reason I even started singing instead of just playing was because of Stevie. And <clears throat> so big influence. So we're, he, I was in Buffalo, I, I live, I'm from Buffalo, and Stevie came to town. And uh, Ray Parker Jr., you know, Ghostbusters, actually played guitar with me with my organ trio in Detroit. He was 18. <laughs> and he drove up in his Lincoln Continental at 18. <laughs> So, and Ray could really play. So I knew Ray was in the band, so I went to the hotel, found out the hotel that they were at, and I uh, said, hey, Ray, I said, yeah, man, is Stevie around, man? I want to, you know, I want to meet him. So he said, no, no, I don't know where he is. So all of a sudden, this is before cell phones. Just think about this. This, this is some crazy stuff. Somehow somebody goes, hey, man, Stevie's down at the Blue Point playing drums. The Blue Point was a supper club in Buffalo. So I'm in my car, I'm heading down. And he's coming out the door. I said, hey, Steve, hey, hey man, how you doing? You know, like, what side are you? I said, Taurus. He says, I'm a Taurus too, brother. You know, like, we're actually born a day apart. <laughs> I'm a 12, he's 13. I always tease him, he said, respect your elder. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway so that was our first, first uh, encounter. Uh, then I was in Detroit playing with uh, Grant Green, late great uh, Grant Green, and, um, Stevie comes in and we finish the set and he goes, who's that no playing organ player? I said, well, who are you, you know, singing, you know? <laughs> and that's our relationship. So, you know, we kept a little bit of contact then. But then after he had uh, recovered from the accident, you know, uh, where the song Contusion came from, um, I was in LA for an event and he was on the same event. And that's when we really connected. <clears throat> and then we became closer and closer. He had a place in New York uh, and had a place in LA. And I was with Benson at the time. And uh, <clears throat> when we were off, 
if uh, Stevie was in LA, I'd fly to LA and sleep on the couch in his apartment or whatever. And we just hang. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And you know, we are uh, very close. When, when we all got married and had kids, you know, we kind of just, but we're the same. You know, we get on the phone and it's kind of like, pick up the conversation from where, you know. I'm not gonna tell you what the conversation was the other day. I see you, right? I told him, I said, if you have any problems, I said, you can count on me with, you know, with the kidney thing. That's all I said. And he said some other crazy stuff. But I'm not. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I was uh, back in the green room when Carlos Santana was there. I'm not dropping names, I'm just telling stories. It's your uh, life. <laughs> <laughs> your life is dope. I'm not dropping names. No, it was after Carlos Santana's show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was after Carlos Santana's show. We're all sitting in the green room after the thing, you know. And Dennis knows, uh, you know, Stevie and I are close. And he said, man, you tell Stevie he better get his ass back on the drums. Because you'll see it especially. You go and listen to what he plays on drums rhythmically. Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's a whole nother, another thing. It's more musical. So he said, yeah, if you ever tell him, you tell him, I said, get his ass back on drums. What he said. And it just so happens a half an hour later, Steve calls me. <laughs> and I said, somebody want to talk to you? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just amazing, man. It's, uh, yeah. What can I say? Yeah, I'm blessed. Was there like a particular song that you were on, or did you just? Oh yeah, I did uh, the song Somersault. Okay. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, I did it with him here at uh, MGM when they were doing the tour too, so. And you know, George Benson is on that as well. Oh yeah, another star. So, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was really jazz influence at that era. Like, that's yeah, yeah. definitely shifted. I mean, yeah, you gotta hear Stevie play Giant Steps. Oh man, oh, it's, oh. Nick would check out on that. <laughs> we're in sound check, he's like, yeah. because it's in B originally. He said, Okay, C, wow. <laughs> <laughs> D flat. <laughs> Yes, I'm not dropping names. I'm telling stories. Love it. You had to have been there in order to experience the electricity in that man's fingers and how he walked that piano. He made that piano walk it and talk it. Yes, he did. And I was so happy to be in the house on the front row I met a legend and I met a creative soul and I look forward to working with him on future endeavors. Affirmations are so powerful. One song that he rapped was, I am love, I am peace, I am joy, I will never be destroyed. That's, that just like resonated in my spirit. I am love, I am peace, I am joy. I will never be destroyed. What an awesome night. And what a great way to kick off my year. Let 2020 be your year. You see, too often we talk ourselves out of something before we even begin. Taking the first step and actually beginning is the most important part to any venture. Particularly as you face this new year, getting started is hugely important on your dreams, on better relationships, on going to church more, 
on working out more, on eating right, on being a better parent, on being a better child, a better girlfriend, whatever the goal is. Don't put off the change you want to make until next week or next month because that will quickly become next year. Every moment, every decision, every person, and everything that you want to change can be a gamble. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth the risk? And sometimes it's worth risking it all. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Well, that's it for me this week. I am off to frolic and play for my Founders Day. Happy Founders Day to the ladies of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, January 13th, 1913, and to all the others that are celebrating our fearless founders and their courageous spirit. Until then, be blessed and a blessing to others. See you next week, Confluencers.